and welcome to Bladespod. It is Wednesday, the 26th of May. My name is Ben, and I am joined, as always, by Andrew. How you doing, mate? Yeah, no bad, mate. Yeah, uh, apologies, because we were supposed to be doing this on Monday, weren't we? And, uh, um, yeah, a couple of things got in the way, so, but here we are. That's that's life, mate. It, it happens. I'm sure people will understand. It's slightly, uh, I don't know, I was, I was amused, the amount of people that assumed it was because you'd had a, a large night <laughs> in the pub again. I've not drank for a fortnight, so I'll let people know I'm not the I'm not the Shane McGowan that people think I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we can't be as reg- we can't be as regimented as the Tufty Club, who you know bang on every week, every you know after every game. So unfortunately, we're we we're them all like I don't know the Fall release an album every every year. Well, they did, um, and we're more like we, I don't know the, sporadic albums. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Weezer rather than the Fall. No, it's a bit hard. Weezer's a fantastic one. No, yeah. it's not. It's not because uh, Weezer haven't released a good album for about fifteen years. So, it's... some may say that. Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, talk about yeah. football rather than uh, music. Uh, it's over. The it's season done, done it. We've completed it, mate. The season has finished. Feel like Frodo finally getting rid of the One Ring. It's over. <laughs> That's all I've been able to think of all week. On a high. I really was on a high, and I'm not. I'm not joking. Like, sort of, as soon as the match finished, great to win. So you, you're obviously happy anyway. And it's like, wow, that's it's done. It's I don't have to watch a rubbish stream or, you know, <laughs> listen to Steve McMahon a minute <laughs> probably like for at least a couple of years now. So, yeah, I think I think it's fair to say uh, a lot of uh, a lot of football fans, not just United, are probably ready for. A, a little break from this season, which is... I'm really looking forward to the Euros because it's football. The playoffs have really got me back into... You know, we were saying that... You st- I'm not saying you lost your love for football, but this state of football, mm. what we see now fans, it's been difficult to, to follow. And I think just judging by the view from that i got, I think 90% of fans feel exactly the same. So I don't think it's just to do that we've been appalled, and obviously that's added to it. But it's been an awful season for all football fans, I think. Yeah, I, I, it, it does seem that way. I'm sure if you're a Man City fan, you, you're pretty happy. And uh, yeah, whoever wins, Leicester, you know, had the uh, FA Cup, and whoever wins yeah, the Champions fantastic, League, fantastic. But I do think there must be somewhere in the City fans' mind. But I mean, obviously, they're, they're probably going to win it again, you know, next year or, or in the future mm. at least. They must be thinking, ah, oh, if, we, if we'd have had a really good season this season, you'd have loved to have been there, wouldn't you? But yeah, so as as much as it's been like, oh, thank goodness it's over, and you know, ready for a break. Yeah, you're right. I've the, I've watched most of the uh, EFL playoffs and absolutely loved it because there's Stunning been f- games. fans in attendance. The games have generally been great entertainment. Um, mm. Yeah, so like you, I'm I'm ready to leave the Premier League season in the dust, but I'm looking forward to the Euros with the uh, with some fans in the ground and yeah, just just get invested in that. But I, will I think say- they said today that Wembley's going to be full. I mean, all being well, which I was quite surprised about. I'm sure that's been that's come out today. They're, they're, they're hoping to have like the full ground. So, mm. I've uh, I've not seen that. I knew it was going to be about twenty five thousand, I think, or twenty five percent capacity with a view to having more. But I didn't see an actual number. But anyway, although we're sort of celebrating the the fact that the season is over, it did end on a small positive, and I, I did feel pretty positive about it. And I want to want to just talk. Um, so what we're going to do today? We're going to talk about this Burnley game, talk about returning to Bramall Lane, which is what I did on Sunday, and I was mm. very pleased that I did indeed. And then we Who's uh, laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> needless to say, I had the last laugh for my forty pounds. Um, and then we're also going to look back on our pre-season predictions 
um, in the second half of this podcast as well. Where, uh, yeah, we we got plenty wrong. I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, mainly, so, mainly about United. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Apart from United, we were quite accurate on everything. But um, talking about being wrong, how wrong I was about the demand for tickets for Sheffield Same, United yeah. versus Burnley. This, um, yeah. I don't think I was alone in this view. I saw several people, that, um, obviously yourself as well, but several people that thought this would be the case. Um, but yeah, clearly, uh, clearly the club, as you sort of said, completely misread the room on how much people were willing to pay for uh, yeah. a return to football. I was not one of those people who was not willing to pay, although at the same time did kind of feel like I was being <laughs> ripped off, I suppose. But mm-hmm. it ultimately, uh, it was worth it in my mind, um, and I had a great day, which I'll uh, I'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, I was. I was surprised it got to general sale and, in fact, just didn't sell out at all, which just, um, yeah, I don't know. I I misread the room on that one as well, I suppose. Yeah, big time. I, I thought what you said last week were going to be correct about the uh, comparison to the Bolton game. I think mm. that where the 20s plenty sort of thing came from. I could be wrong with that. But we are all, everyone was saying, I'm not paying that's like £40 and then it sold out. I thought we'd find 5,000 fans willing to pay it. Uh, I was really surprised. Yeah, but fair play because... A lot of people who didn't go have put £40 towards charity, haven't they? And they've raised mm. a lot of money for that. So, in a way, I think it's all worked out quite well. The people who have gone, such as yourself, enjoyed themselves by all accounts, not seen any sort of negative experiences. <clears throat> it didn't sell out, so that's a bit of a message to the club that, you know, don't mess us about. You know, we're not going to pay those sort of prices for those sort of games. You know, and the people who didn't go have, have given money to charity. So, you know, it's all ended fairly well, I think. Very nice. Um, yeah, it probably should have been about 20 quid, really, shouldn't it? I think that's fair. Yeah, and this is the thing. There's a lot of stuff going on. People saying, oh, he's, they've put the prices up by double or whatever. They haven't. Well, as we said last week, it was £35 last year. It's £40 this year. It's been classed as a Category A star game, mainly because it from the it's thinking the from one. United. Yeah, that's it. You know, thinking from United, well, it's the only game. Of course, it's going to be an A star game. But, you know, we backfired and rightly so, really, with the fans who didn't want to go. The fans who did want to go or didn't want to go, who cares? There's a lot of arguments going on online. And if you don't want to go, don't go. If you did want to go, you went. You, I, yeah, simple as that. Yeah, should have, probably should have been about 2025. 20, if it had been, I wouldn't have been able to go. So, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that, that worked out quite well for me. Um, we, be, we are now the joint lowest scorers in Premier League history with that uh, that goal and that uh, yeah, and, and those three points, I suppose, um, which is nice. You know, we I yeah. guess we'll always belong in that bit of a history footnote, but it could be worse, couldn't it? I, I did sort of fear that we were not going to score in uh, what would it have been like one in our last five games or something like that. We scored yeah. against Everton, but otherwise, what well, is getting another point after Palace and we picked up six? We've ended up on twenty three, which is just a bad team, a bad Premier League team, better than Norwich, who obviously bounced back. But we're just going to go down now, as you said last week, as a team who, you know, they're good. if you have a bad start, you're going to be re- referred to as, oh, you know, Sheffield United had a bad start and they never recovered. Yeah, I think, so yeah, 23 points was our seventh win. It moves us up to seventh in the all-time worst rankings, which, which yeah. I, I reckon you're into, like, forgettably bad rather than historically yeah. bad territory there. I saw so a Wednesday fan was saying uh, on Twitter again, you're still the worst team, though, because you lost as many games. Like That's not how the league works, though, is it? Like, what should we do? Like, draw more than win less? Like, just so we've lost, you know what I mean? We should have drawn 12 and won none, and that would have yeah. been better than winning seven games. Um, 
anyway, what did I want to talk about from this? So yeah, going going back to Bramall Lane, it was, um, yeah, I, I just want to sort of briefly talk about it. You know, fifteen months later, I think it was March third was the Norwich game. Thereabouts, um, it was emotional. In uh, as I guess, I guess people would expect and probably will experience themselves when they. Uh, eventually return to the lane themselves if they uh, you know didn't go to this one going yeah. going back to the pub with my dad you know before the game and just thinking like I don't know I, I sort of I didn't I don't think I had a moment of like oh my god this is so weird I, I sort of caught myself a little bit later just thinking like oh I'm just doing the things that I used to do and Mm. Yeah, isn't this isn't this nice? It feels completely normal. And... This is what I'm going to ask you. Actually, did you sort of fit back in? You know, after because I imagine it was quite strange at the start when you're going back. Because I imagine it will be for me. How quickly did it sort of just seem? Oh yeah, I'm at a match. You know, and you weren't thinking about the how long you'd not been there, basically. Really quickly, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm sure other people experience this differently, but like, you know, I got in the ground, uh, sat on the cop. We were sat just without really intending to bought a ticket quite close to our season ticket seats so just uh you know you, yeah. you enter the back of the cop and i was halfway down the steps and i suddenly suddenly kind of had a moment of like oh crap this is the first time i've been here in 15 months i, I need to take yeah. this in you know I, i'd sort of I, I guess over the last year in my mind's eye i've been like oh just picturing what it's like you know just turning yeah. the corner and seeing like the bramall lane end facing you and you know drinking it all in that kind of thing but I just strolled straight in without a, a second thought it was only as I was about halfway down the steps I suddenly thought oh this is actually quite a significant moment in my yeah, you know, in my yeah. personal life if you like um yeah I, I mean just on a practical level I uh, had absolutely no issue with getting into the ground um you know just I had just a mobile QR code just scanned that in the uh, in the turnstiles and uh, that's something I'd be. Oh well, I've got a season card anyway, so it's kind of the same thing. But it does seem like you know that is a, a good solution to paper tickets. Just generally, everyone's got their mobile with them, so that yeah, was yeah. Uh, that was no issue at all. Um, and just how quickly I got back into the vibe of being at a game and getting sucked back into it. It was so nice to yeah. feel like an active participant again after so long of just sat passively watching games and. No, I mean, look, you you don't really have an effect on a game of football when you're in the stadium, but you feel like you do, right? You know, you, you... yeah. I mean, I think there's more argument to say that you do now than ever before. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Um, and you know, just seeing like the every all the players getting clapped as they you know finish their warm up and go off, and just yeah, I don't know. It just um, it, it just was quite. Uh, life affirming i guess or just uh, you know made, made me feel good basically of uh yeah. you know not every everyone's not come here to boo this team even though we've had a a bad time it's like you know this is the first time we've seen some of these players in the flesh you know even people like um ben osborne that you know we didn't he made his league debut for united we you and i saw him in the uh league cup i think like yeah. Last, yeah, yeah but he made his league debut in i believe the chelsea home game i think it was last year I so think he, he came on as a sub didn't he uh a couple Excuse of times he came on as, yeah he did that's right against brighton but i think you're right in terms of the start yeah start it may, yeah may have been tottenham actually it may have been tottenham yeah maybe you know like but yeah i know what you mean yeah i, th- I know he came because the last game against Norwich Stevens was taken off 
And Osborne came on, and I remember doing this pod actually saying, oh, I hope he's not out for a long time. It's like, it turns out he could have been out for about three months. And it, yeah, it made any difference, yeah. I remember um, him coming against the Norwich, but yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just just kind of weird to think that for some players it was uh, it was the first time I'd seen them. But, yeah, I did I, think that when Brewster came on, because there was that mm. moment, obviously, where he sort of did a good tackle, didn't he, where he tracked back, and the fans were like, go on! I'm thinking, yeah. like, you know, that's the first time he's had that sort of reaction to a crowd, to our crowd or any crowd, you know, in, in the past pretty much year and a half. Yeah, and, uh, I, yeah, it, it felt good to uh, to be part of that, I think. Um, you know, the team was so good last year and we never did get that opportunity to to thank them. And, you know, obviously it's a, it is a different... The situation for a lot of these players is so different to what it was back yeah, then. You know, uh, Lundstrom's probably the most extreme example, but, yeah, look at, like, Stevens. I thought you were going to come on, you know, at one point. I, I saw him warming <laughs> up. Yeah, you probably didn't see this in the grounds. People who are watching on TV may have. There was a bit, I think, with the second half where Lundstrom's doing a bit of a Ronaldo on the sidelines, pointing and tactics, like, do you know what I mean? Like, right. sort of, he's there, like, warming up and he's, like, pointing around. It's like, you're not the manager, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that at all. Um, it was, it, I mean, look, I'd, I'd invested some money in this so i guess i was like uh you know w- willing to kind of commit to it and not um and overlook any sort of strangeness of the experience um so the fact that there was like i don't know four four thousand fans there something like that maybe yeah. three and a half thousand fans it didn't really feel that odd to me you know i've been to league cup games with more fans than that, but absolutely no atmosphere whatsoever. Yeah, and I actually said to someone this because they, they couldn't watch it, and they said, "Oh, what's the atmosphere like?" Because it reminds me of a League One game. The atmosphere. Yeah. Um, it, it it sounds like as many as they were when there were eighteen thousand there in League One to me. Yeah. I mean, Stephen Madman after for whatever you think or whatever he said it one of the best atmospheres that he's seen since fans have come back. But uh, are the worst words in English football, by the way? Or we are joined by Stephen Madman. <laughs> 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 I'm having the worst sort of. But yeah, he did say that. So yeah, it was good. You know, people. Like, yeah, more compared to some of those League One games where I think sometimes there just wasn't much atmosphere at all, mm. particularly in the uh, you know pre Wilder times. Um, yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, lots of people were singing and chanting and stuff and yeah it just felt it did feel like I'd not been away in that regard and um yeah when McGoldrick slalomed forward and there's a sort of roar of the crowd of go on and then shoo and then from the cop you just see it arcing into the net I uh yeah I, I I again I guess I got pretty emotional just in terms of like I I just don't think I've smiled that much um, for a very long time, I suppose, you know, just like yeah, a yeah, massive, yeah. massive grin and like, oh my God, what a goal. And I'd, I think about 10 minutes before that, I'd said to my dad, like, I think if there's one player I want to see score today, it's McGoldrick. Um, and boy, did he deliver. And we're going to do an awards podcast, I think next week, I think we said. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he may have taken goal of the season with that one. Absolutely glorious finish. What do you reckon? I loved it. it. I love the fact it were him. I love the fact mm. that they were genuine. You could see that they were genuine happiness around the ground. I don't want to get too deep into it, but you know, obviously, people. You, you come back. The last thing you want to see is a one 0 defeat to Burnley. Just to sort yeah, of like yeah. go on to the rest of the season. I know the last. The last thing that mattered really was the was the result. But to get a win and to get McGoldrick of all people scoring our best outfield player this season. Yeah, it, I think it. Yeah, it sort of so it were a really nice ending to a terrible season, really. Yeah, that's his. Let me get this right. It was his ninth goal of the season in total. Yeah, eight, eighth in the league, which means he scored forty percent of all our league goals, eight out of twenty. 
which is remarkable. Um, also, his tenth Premier League goal in total because he got the two last year. But the yeah. the thing I sort of didn't realise until much later was that is the first time I, or indeed any fan for that matter, has seen David McGoldrick score a Premier League goal. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I missed Newcastle uh, to save it for the home fans. So <laughs> no one did been. like seeing it. That's, that doesn't make sense now. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, it was just such a good goal. Like, absolutely brilliant. And yeah, just having the opportunity to sing his name in celebration and recognition of how good he Did you hear his interview after? I did, yeah, yeah. Very well. He said something along the lines of, uh, I can score from 30 yards and I miss from 10 yards. It sums up my, <laughs> sums up my career. <laughs> I thought that was lovely. Yeah. Very uh, very self-aware, self-assessing. Because he had that chance at the end, didn't he, right? I thought that were in. And obviously, you, you were, mm. were you behind the net. You will have been, weren't you? Obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was like bent double after that. So, you know, this is what I mean. You know, It was, it was a, a friendly and all but name this game. But I was so yeah. invested in these little moments of, you know, uh, Jack Robinson clearing one off the line and yeah, man of the match. Uh, no, no less Jack Robinson. I felt. Yeah, let's see. Let's talk about him now because just a couple of outstanding performances I want to talk about. I thought this was a a decent performance from United overall. I, I don't think it was. Uh, I thought. I think this is where we saw the value of scoring the first goal. Um, oh yeah, yeah you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, but well, you know, we we were. Uh, it, it wasn't total backs to the wall, was it? I don't think it was. I thought we deserved to win personally. Mm. I don't. I think I'm trying to think. Burnley had one real chance, maybe at the end. Yeah, there were a couple of sort of scrambles, weren't there? But yeah. Ramsdale didn't have too many serious saves to make. I didn't think. No, no. Um, uh, yeah, so I, th- I think we shaded it. I, I, I class it as a bit of a. Oh, I don't know. A, a sort of maybe a post Christmas last season performance. Mm. That's a, yeah, that is a good comparison, I think. Um, yeah, let, let's talk uh, Jack Robinson, Jackie Longthrow. Yes. I, th- I think we'll have to rename Jackie No-Throw because we seem to have shelved this for now. I, I don't believe he yeah. took a long throw in all game in this one. No, that yeah, disappointing because I like the name. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe that's the key then. Don't take him, uh, if he doesn't take long throws, mm. his performance has improved. So, you know, stop doing the throws. But honestly, the last three games, he's been our best defender. Even the Newcastle away were our best defender in that match, I felt. Yeah, he was uh, he was really good in this one against uh, who, who was up front. It was uh, Wood, wasn't it? He was a a, a proper menace, and yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. I think you could, I could still see that Burnley, uh, even though they finished seventeenth, I think, in the end, didn't they? Um, yeah, they did. Yeah, because they were really disappointed with that finish, and I'm like, well, swap, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, I thought they still looked a, a cut above us, to be honest, which is literally what they are at the end of the season. You know, the the speed at which they could pop the ball around, even though they didn't do it too frequently, it was still a step up above from what we were doing for most of this season and indeed in this game. But um, yeah, I thought Robinson was really good. Um, I mean, he is what he is, I think. He's just a, a decent championship defender who has the capacity to play above that occasionally. But Yeah, I think that's about right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben Osborne, I thought, uh, was really lively, just... One of the more entertaining players to watch, to be honest. I, I, he was sort of, I, I think he was playing as like a number ten again. But he's, yeah, I think yeah, he's he popping up all over the place, weren't he? Yeah. He was, yeah. He's out on the left so often, and yeah, you know, sort of leading the counter attack. I thought, I thought Stevens was pretty decent again. I was really disappointed in Fleck and, and uh, Norwood uh, again with Norwood. We said this actually, you know, we said it on Wednesday while we were watching the um, Newcastle game, didn't we? That. Once Norwood's had like, if he's had a bad two or three minutes at the start of the game, 
you almost might as well sub him off because he's never going to yeah. recover. <laughs> yeah, he's going yeah. to. It's gonna... bizarre. It really is bizarre. Like I think I think we said it last week. We we're in the pub with you that you know McGoldrick can have a bad ten minutes, but you know that he's probably going to be all right by the end of the game. That when Nord has a bad first ten minutes, that's just take him off. Cause yeah. He's never going to get any better. It's going to be bad <laughs> for the rest of the game and. <laughs> I don't know. I've been a bit hypercritical. That wasn't in their, you know, Fleck and Norwood, it wasn't in their worst performances this season. I thought I there were two worst players on the day, though, I have to say. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fair shout, yeah. Um, but yeah, any other uh, any other players to mention from the game? Um, I felt, obviously, McGoldrick, we've sort of spoke about. Um, Jemison, I thought he was decent second half. I think first half he was getting a bit out-muscled a little bit, which mm. is sort of understandable against a team like Burnley. But I think he showed a couple of glimpses in the second half. I think Stevens' is best game of the season, actually, possibly. He got forward well. Yeah. Um, a couple of decent balls into the box that we couldn't quite get on the end on. And you've got to say, Mr. Rapper Fantastic Basham, aren't you, as well? <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was delighted to see uh, a reprisal of the Basham turban. That was, yeah. uh, it was when they were spending ages sort of stitching him up or whatever. And I was like, come on, just let's, let's not mess about. Just get that turban on and away we go. And uh, yeah, yeah, it comes comes back out in the second half. Ah, oh, we need the post. I was on my feet because oh, that we were talking. Did we talk? Did you say this on the pod or it when we went to the pub? We were talking about um, none of our centre halves have scored this season. Uh, I think we were talking about it as sort of preparation for this pod because it was one of our predictions. Oh, sorry, yeah, of course it's going to come up. That's why I've got it wrong. Yeah, so I thought that could have been the one that brought the duck. Yeah, yeah, but I really wanted it. I mean, he has scored a Premier League goal for Bolton, I think. Yeah, way, way yeah. back when. It's a um, shame you, you get the feel. He's probably not going to get one now, is he? Um, for us, like, yeah, for us, which is yeah. a shame. But you know, he's one player of the year, so yes, he did indeed last year. Um, but yeah, lovely. Uh, it would have been a great goal, a proper Basham goal, if if he'd stuck it away, just the way he sort of uh, tucked it around the defender and just smashes it off the post. It would have been would have been great, but not to be, unfortunately. Um, yeah, as, as much as this was like a a fairly meaningless game in the grand scheme of things. I was desperately wanting that full-time whistle. I really wanted to win the longer it went on. You know, I just thought this is it's so good to be back at Bramall, back at Bramall Lane. It will be great yeah. to, you know, even though it is a bit strange and there's basically no one here, it will be great to just get a and win. I do think, and, I, I'm clutching at straws and I realise I'm doing this. I do think it were quite, I won't say nice, you don't like, I've not looked at the table, but we're only three points behind Brentford. In the air, at Brentford, West Brom. In the end, <laughs> so I don't know where Brentford came from. Yeah, I don't know where, yeah, don't going, know where that came from. Uh, we were only three points behind West Brom in the end, which mm. I think we should have still. I mean, we had an awful season, but a lot of people are saying this. You know, West Brom are in front of us, and they, they, they're in a better position to build next season. They don't seem much in it to me. No, so twenty nine points was the. Uh, I yeah. mean, this, this isn't totally how it works because uh, no, no. no. But yeah, let's just say the 18th place team got 28 points. So anything above that would have kept you up. In... Yeah, so if there had been another team as bad as us three, we'd have only needed two more wins to stay up. <laughs> yeah, which it doesn't seem that much really, especially if we could actually draw a blooming game. But this is the thing, we won seven games and I think you only need to win eight or nine to, to stay up as long as you get the draws alongside it. Yeah. We, we decided to lose every game that we didn't win, so... <laughs> I looked at this actually. I think we were talking about this, weren't we? Yeah, Brighton and uh, Brighton and Villa stayed up with nine wins apiece mm. last season. Um, but yeah, we had seven. What Fulham and uh, Fulham and West Brom? Just five, was it? Just five wins. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's just those draw. I mean, 
the beginning killed us, but the draws, like the lack of draws and those 1-0 defeats that we had, which, to be fair, do we deserve 1-0 defeats in most part, I think, or 2-1 yeah. defeats, like Leicester or whatever. If you'd have just hang, hung on for a couple of those games, Evan at home, and thinking, oh, what, Leicester at home, you never know. You could have been with a shout maybe with three or four weeks to go, but won't to be. Yeah, lack of goal threat uh, was a major part of that. Um, actually, I do have two other players, maybe, maybe two and a half other players I can mention. Um, I'll, met, I'll start with Aaron Ramsdale, called up to the yes. uh, Provisional England squad yesterday. That was nice to see, wasn't it? I, I didn't expect that to happen, to be honest. I thought it had been the. I, I thought it had just picked three and hope Pope would have been fit, and I thought the third one would have been Sam Johnson. So it was really nice, actually, to see him call up. Yeah, I completely forgot about Johnston. We were talking about England goalkeepers of the week, weren't we? Mm, um, yeah. And yeah, I forgot that Johnston is uh, probably above Ramsdale in the pecking order, although. I don't know. I think you should, I think, you know, what is Ramsdale? He's like 23. He's obviously been the England under 21 keeper for ages. Yeah. Sam Johnson's 28. Plays for West Brom. Come on. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I, I'm probably being biased, but I do like the idea of taking a young goalkeeper uh, as a third choice. They're not going to get a game, are they? So. It would be very, very unlikely. Has yeah, that ever happened? It's not happened for England anyway. Where we've had to play the third the only time it's sort of happened we've had to like play the second choice is because Rob Green played the ball for his legs against America yeah James and I don't remember a third choice keeper ever starting no it's just who was the third goalkeeper in 2010 was it Joe Hart I was just trying to think of that oh yeah good good question it probably will have been I would have thought mind you I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try and look it up while we're talking but um yeah that that was really nice to see and like Recognition for um, how great he's been in the second half of the season. This wasn't his mm. wasn't his his best or most difficult game, I thought, but it was really nice to see to finally give him some applause, you know. Yeah. And people yeah. were uh, singing England's number one in a I, I don't know, I would assume a slightly tongue in cheek way, I suppose. But you say um, that, but then you see Pickford's number one, and you think well, maybe not. But <laughs> yeah. it was Joao, by the way. Joao yeah. was the third choice goalkeeper in two thousand and ten. Yeah. yeah, so. You know, I don't remember the last time a third choice. Good experience, surely. Yeah, I think so. Building for the for the future for him as uh, as England's potential either number one or backup. So yeah, that was uh, that was good. He, he uh, like you, I think he probably will miss out. It, it, you know, you would you would think that uh, Johnston is probably ahead of him in the uh, in the pecking order, and that's assuming if Pope doesn't get fit. So. But yeah, good uh, good recognition for him. Um, another player who deserves some recognition and got it after he came off the bench and took the captain's armband from John Egan. Mm. No official announcement on this, but uh, it looks like 309 and out for Phil Jagielka in terms of Sheffield United appearances. And yeah, uh, I, I assume if he is indeed retiring, that seems to be what uh, you know what social media suggests, his own social media and... Uh, you see these tributes that like Billy Sharp's posted and stuff like that. You think this is probably yeah. the end of his time with us as I mean, a player. It doesn't really make any sense for us to keep him anyway, even if he carries on playing. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, we're we're going to do player ratings as well. And uh, he's he's pleasantly surprised me this season, Jackie Elker. I think he's he's given us more than I expected from him, and yeah, perhaps than we should have expected from him. He certainly played more games than I was expecting. And uh, after some a few bad ones at the start of the season, he had some good moments as well. But yeah, yeah. who did you did you vote by the way? No, I didn't actually for the player of the year. I, I somehow yeah. Obviously, this. we're going to cover it 
next week. So if you don't want to give your, so I just wondered if you had, you did actually vote. I didn't. So uh, it's it's a total it's a total secret in that regard. Um, wow. So yeah, we'll talk more about Jags when that's sort of officially announced. I suppose the uh, yeah. the other player who's leaving is uh, JL Seven. It seems like John Lundstrom. He's probably obviously... not quite the uh, <laughs> reception that Jags are get, but yeah, probably not. But that's did they uh... win by the way when the teams got read out? Obviously, I, I imagine they didn't. But it's a little, I, a little bit of a muttering, Very let's like... say. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he's it, it does seem like he's on his way and uh, won't be getting his two year contract that I floated last week or whatever yeah. it was i was just putting that out there is that like i just want to draw a line on this i don't care how it how it ultimately ends up but yeah, yeah fascinating to see where he ends up genuinely i've not a clue what team he's going to go to or what what league what division what country yeah keep an eye on that one um do you want to talk paul Heckingbottom briefly and uh the job that he has done in this interim period I wrote a post on S2 that I think some people are saying, like, oh, does he deserve a shot at the job? I don't think he does, mainly, though, due to his previous management career. I don't think he's shown enough in that to say that he's the man who can take us forward. In the job he's actually done with us, I don't think you can really ask much more, which might sound daft. I think he got, what, three wins in 11, 10 or something like that. So it's not a lot, but given what went before and the state of the club, that the team that he, he, he took over... I think we'd have probably taken, as daft as it sounds, twenty three points when he after that five 0 defeat at Leicester. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. How, how many points would he have been on there? Like fourteen, uh, I think. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, the post Wilder table someone posted up, and uh, we were fourteenth on it. Uh, like since Heckingbottom's taken charge, right. if the games obviously, if the season had started, then we'd have been fourteenth. It's not bad, you know. I mean, I think he said himself in the interview after the. We've got three wins in nine or something like that. He said, or three wins in ten or whatever it was. You know, over a season, that's actually not bad. That's not bad in the Premier League. Yeah, I think he's done all right in difficult circumstances. I give him like a C minus or something like that. You know, a five or six out of ten. I'll give him a C plus. C plus. So, okay. Yeah, just slightly, slightly above because I think the situation that he found himself in. Yeah, it must have been awful, really. Not just following on from a massive legend like Wilder, but the the atmosphere at the club. You know, mm. they were we were in a right state after that five 0 against Leicester. I think he's made it. He's made it a fairly respectable relegation, if that can be possible. <laughs> I think my uh, my main knock and the the reason he's uh, not going to be considered for the job, I imagine, is just. We just carried on doing the same things that didn't work all the way through the season. Yeah, he was... did slightly change it. He did tweak the tactics since the Wolf game. He sort of played two behind a one, like McGoldrick and Osborne roaming around and above like a central striker, whether that had been uh, Brewster early on or obviously Jefferson last few games. I think mm. he has tweaked that, and I'd like to have seen Wilder just tweak things maybe, maybe, uh, earlier on in the season, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. It was more the rigidity of sticking to uh, three five two for such That's a long it. time, and I would have liked to have seen more young players involved as well. But uh, I'll defer to his judgment on that one. To be honest, yeah. he obviously knows them uh, knows them better than I do. Um, but yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, how this takes shape under a new manager. And uh, yeah, he'll go back to under twenty threes. I'm sure uh, they finished their season yesterday. With um, was that yesterday? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Defeat in the uh, the playoff final to Birmingham, where 
to be honest, they, they weren't really in the game from uh, from what I watched, but they've obviously had a, an amazing season. And uh, yeah, he'll go back and take over that. And eventually we'll announce a new manager, I'm sure. Well, you say this, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, people are getting very um, wound up. It is getting to a stage now, the season's finished. I did expect to hear more this week, whether it just being stronger rumours or something. Yeah, uh, I think now we're into the like time of like, Every day that goes by is lost time now. Like it's it's to our yeah. disadvantage. I know the players yeah. are gonna go on holiday and stuff like that, um, as as you generally do, you know, preseason won't start for at least a few weeks, but there are other things that a manager can be doing that doesn't involve the players, for example. You know, you've got to get your feet under the table, haven't you? You get you know, get used to with uh, the the structure of the club, who you're working yeah. with, yeah. start Preparing your transfer targets and things like that, getting getting. I mean, there's no rumours other than Yukanovic, as far as I've seen. There's no new faces come into it or anything like that. It just does seem that it's between. Well, it's him because even Heckingbottom after the match was saying, "I know my role for next season," which you yeah. presume means the under twenty three. So the fact that there's no rumours whatsoever other than Yukanovic makes me think that it is him. But we're just waiting, maybe for. I don't know what's going on in the Qatar season, to be honest, or anything like that. But. You don't follow Qatari football? All that I, I don't. I, no, I'm afraid not. No, this is. If I stop going to pub as much, <laughs> I could maybe start following the Qatari league. Yeah. <laughs> but as Radiohead once said, anyone can play Qatar. That's what I thought I'd <laughs> Goodness me! <laughs> <laughs> Shall I just make a note to edit that bit out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was great to be back at Bramall Lane. What, what did it? What did you feel any different watching it on TV? Knowing there were Definitely. fans there, because the the beginning, obviously, the Grease Jet Body song, and they made a note that oh, this has been the first time that's been sung there for fifteen months or whatever. Yeah. And it was like watching a real match. It was like watching, but weird because I, I normally go to every game that's at Bramall Lane, so it was strange and that's a bit. There have been FA Cup games and stuff that I've not bothered going in the last mm-hmm. couple of seasons. And it reminded me a bit of that. You were watching an actual game of football yeah. that wasn't quite the level of what we'd seen, you know, pre-pandemic, but could easily have passed for a League Cup game or an FA Cup early round game. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I imagine, you know, all being well, uh, no restrictions when the season kicks off again in August. Um, I mean, that was my major thing as I left the ground. I was like... I'm really pleased we won. Roll on August, like I, I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to do this again, and hopefully with like many, many more people here. And I, I imagine that next time I enter the ground will be more emotional than than this was, I suppose. But I still, I have... really, really hope so. I really, I mean, everything seems to be going all right and stuff. And like I said, I've just read up about the the England thing as you were talking about the capacity and. Yeah, they say as it stands, they're going to be full capacity for the for the Euro games at Wembley. So if that goes ahead and goes well. You know, touch water. I'm trying not to get excited, but I'm getting a little bit more giddy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think just just my sort of final note on this is a like match going experience. Um, yeah, just just when I when I got home uh, and I was just unlocking my door and it, I just suddenly had this moment of like, oh, I've been to a game of football. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, this, yeah, this is yeah. what I used to do every other weekend for you know however many years. You know, I'd. I'd go to the pub with my dad, we'd go to football, hopefully we'd win, then I'd go home and get on with the rest of my weekend and yeah, yeah. it was uh it was nice. I'm uh I'm I'm glad I did it and I look forward to everyone else um getting to experience it for themselves in uh, in the coming months, I hope. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well done Blade. Signed off the season with a win. We we've left we've left the 2020-21 season 
in the dirt where it truly belongs. And uh, <laughs> we can start to look towards next season, I suppose. But, suppose. but I think before we can completely draw a line under it, we are we have got some post-mortem stuff to do. And yes. let, let's start with our predictions, looking back from uh, where we were at the start of the season. And we're not going to spend ages on this because, uh, you know, it's either patting ourselves on the back or pointing the fingers and laughing at ourselves. I think so. I deserve a pat, pat on the back because I listened to the entire episode <laughs> of our pre-season predictions and it was the most depressing thing <laughs> oh that God. I've ever, ever, ever heard. Because we were like going, I mean, obviously we're not going to go down. Like, <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just say stuff like that. You're like, it was weren't even in... I read the, the beginning of uh, Dead Bats uh, school report that it does every year and he was like, he said something like, no one really thought we were going to go down. I think like, 16th would have been a, a fairly negative take. Yeah. I think yeah, the majority of people I spoke to uh, and read thought we were going to be worse, but no one thought we were going to be this bad. I mean, the first the first prediction we'll hit here uh, was how will United do, give a final position. And I do remember both of us said 14th. I don't know why we both said 14th. Yeah, but that's right, yeah. That was the uh, our, our hive mind arrived on that one. I mean, way wrong on that. I mean, some of the... Some of the things I've got my notes from that. I haven't listened back to it, but I've got the notes that I had here. Um, I said that we'll concede more and hopefully score slightly more, which we definitely did yes. not do. I know I, that, that stood out to me when I listened back. I'm like, you idiot! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another thing I said we we are in, in the previous seasons we had the biggest overperformance defensively in the whole yeah. league in terms of yeah. we had. Uh, our expected goals against was 13 higher than we actually conceded, but our finishing was also quite a bit behind as well. So that was my logic for that. Yeah. Um, I also said it was virtually impossible for McGoldrick to miss those chances next season that he did in last season. So, you know, I think I kind of got that one yeah, right. Yeah, tick so for that, yeah. for that one, yeah. But um, I actually you- said, just I'm obviously joking, like, throwing you under the bus but for your comment about we needed more goals and stuff. Mm. I actually on the on the the prediction podcast said um, I think we can afford to let more in because we should score more. <laughs> so yeah. you know we were both sort of up there, yeah barking up the wrong tree there. Yeah, um, one other thing that jumped out at me is that we we did say that we got a bit lucky with away performances the previous season in that results had kind of caught up with performances in the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if I don't know if people remember, but that when we got to the Premier League, we were unbeaten away from home for so long. What was our... Oh, it was like pretty, we were up to Christmas, weren't it? So we're talking... Yeah, it was our first away mm-hmm. defeat in the league. I can't remember. Uh, Manchester City. City. Yeah, which yeah. was what, like... It was like January the 1st or something on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I think it might have been New Year's... It was right just around. Before, yeah, it were, it were a night game, so I think it yeah. might have been something like the 28th of December or something like that. So, yeah, we basically went four months unbeaten away from home, which was yeah. was quite the ridiculous. The League. Yeah. But <laughs> 29th before... of December it was. Right, and then we had Liverpool a few days later, don't we? Um, yeah. But, yeah, our performances were not great away from home, and that really did continue this season. I mean, we only won, uh, what did we get, Five away points, yeah. We point at Burnley, excuse me, point at Brighton, and then wins at Everton and Old Trafford. Um, that's not very good. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's the worst ever. I don't actually know that. Actually, what seven the... points it is. By the seven, way, yeah. excuse me. Who did we? Yeah, next two wins, be... three points win, and then my mind's gone. Who else did? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I've... Everton and Man United, and then the draw at Brighton. Yeah, yeah. 
my my brain's clearly uh, clearly tend to mush, but but yeah, that that was a bit a big wrong, I think, obviously, and uh, we're not going to be alone in that one. That uh, no. we thought United would finish fourteenth, and they finished uh, well, feels like twenty first out of twentieth to be honest for, for <laughs> most of the season. To be honest, boy. <laughs> Uh, a similar one, uh, Sporting Index, that gives a point spread of 44 points for the season. Mm. Uh, and I said, are you taking the over or the under? Did you, you went under, I think, didn't you? No, I went bang on 44. Oh, did you? Okay. My w- reasoning was they got it so wrong last time, but this time mm. they might actually get it bang on. But yeah, I thought we would, we would finish around 44, yeah. Mm, obviously, uh, I went over as well. So, uh, excuse me, I went over and I was wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Off by twenty-two points in the end. Wow. I remember the updated one. Uh, this was around like January or something like that when I think we had about eleven points, twelve points, and they yeah. had us. They had us getting twenty-two then. I remember. Um, I think in I your come... face, Sporting Index. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean they did that. I remember. I think I was talking to Jay about. It. I was like. That seems a hell of a long way from here. Twenty-two points. Are we really yeah. going to get to that? I, I thought. I mean, I, I didn't put any money on this, but I was thinking, absolutely bang the under on that. Like that seems like free money at that point. Like to get to, I just didn't see how we were going to get to twenty-two points. And uh, yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. snuck just over it. So it turns out they know what they're doing. Um, let's let's give ourselves a semi pat on the back. The top four in order. I think we. Did we have the same top four? I had. Uh, yeah, well, I had Man City to, to win it, Liverpool second, Man U third, Chelsea fourth. Yes, we predicted the same top four. So we got all four teams correct, which in itself is not that bold a shout. But no. we uh, we almost got them in the correct order, didn't we? Uh, Man you City. almost did it wrong if Leicester had bottled it. <laughs> 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 That's true. Uh, Man City benefiting from the fact that the entire season was uh, training matches where the team yeah. with the best we, players We, we did actually say that. I, we both hmm. say that we think that Liverpool ended last season fairly poorly considering did, yeah. how well they'd actually done before the pandemic and we said that um the fact that they are going to be more like training games we know that'll, that'll obviously fit into manchester city's way of play mm, indeed yeah I'd, i'm trying to think what my logic was with chelsea i think i think i thought lampard would hold them back and that's why i was going forth even though um they'd sign some good players yeah yeah <laughs> But uh, in the end, they they wisely, yeah. I suppose if they hadn't binned Lampard, they wouldn't have made it at all, would they? And if Leicester hadn't bottled it, harsh on Leicester. Yeah, very harsh. Yeah, it's not, not they won the cup, so you know, forget they it. They did. They had a very good season. Um, the relegated teams. So we, we're basically good, top and bottom of the table, I think, in our predictions. Yeah, there's the one most very part. glaring error from me, but yeah. <laughs> let's let's do the ones that we got right first. So we both said Fulham and West Brom, which again is yeah. not not the boldest of shouts. But looking back through my notes, I think my logic held up for these. Um, I said with Fulham that they uh, will be uh, quite a no risk, uh, a low risk team, um, and they had a good defense last season. And you know they sort of one nilled and nil nilled their way for quite a stretch there didn't they and ultimately didn't get that many points they came up with a good defense only Leeds had more clean sheets the previous season but yeah. um yeah I did say uh you know they would be they they play slowly basically they only had the seventh best attack in the championship the previous season they were creatively a long way behind the three teams that finished ahead of them that season and I think that did kind of translate to um to the Premier League as well so that's why they were so poor. What was, what was your logic on picking them, or was it just um, they are a promoted team? I, I said uh, that West Brom, at the end of the previous season, actually stumbled over the line, didn't they? Mm. Uh, 
obviously getting a draw at home to QPR, I think, and they only went up because Brentford lost at home to uh, Barnsley on the final day. And mm. their fans were not happy, even though they went up with Billich, which is annoying because I should have had him in hindsight for the first manager to go, which he was. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, they weren't. And I, I basically said that a team coming up, you know, we weren't happy with the manager. It's not a good sort of, you know, foundation to to base a, a season on. And uh, with Fulham, I just didn't think Scott Parker were up to it, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, I, I still don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Got, it's, it's an appalling point, Sally. I mean, the fact that we got 23 points is is awful. They only got 27, was it? Fulham? 28, I think. 28, sorry. It's not, a, you know, it's a terrible, a lot of seasons, that's how you finish bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, West Brom, uh, I was concerned that they basically had the same team. Um, this was before they'd signed. Oh, no, wait, no, they probably had signed Callum Robinson at this point, actually, from us, but... Yeah, I thought bringing back Pereira and uh, Dian Garner was was going to be useful, but um, I didn't I didn't like their defence at all. They had been bad um, in the second half of the previous season where they got promoted. As you say, they only they only went up in the end because uh, Brentford lost to Barnsley and Stoke in the last two games. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I think I was like locking them in for bottom of the league, which is where they would have finished had we uh, cobbled together a few draws or a win or something like that. Um, do you want to hit your terrible, in hindsight, um, other relegated pick? Mine was also wrong, to be fair, so I can't, I can't slam you too much. But um... I, yeah, I picked Aston Villa. Um, I, what I'm were gonna, you thinking? Listen, I want to defend myself here. By the time we'd done the podcast, they had actually only signed Matty Cash at that point. Okay. And and one of the things I say on the podcast is that on on the predictions one is that um, they might go out and buy you know, loads of really good players and, and get a team together. Goes, but right now, they're the same team that finished fourth from bottom, should have been third from bottom, if someone had turned the Hawkeye system <laughs> on. Um, and they've only brought in a right-back. So at that moment in time, I didn't see how they could improve that much. So, but, so bef- before they signed Watkins... Before and, um, Watkins, yeah. Barkley as well, though. I yeah. Guess Watkins had a had a better season, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, agree. Yeah. I, I, was, I was not totally with you on that one. But I did have... Um, I had them as a in my like team in trouble category, so I was not. Um, I had them; they'll stay up, but not um, not to actually get relegated. Um, yeah, they finish where well, they finish eleventh with fifty five points in the end, so well clear. But uh, my, my the team that I picked was Newcastle; they finished twelfth, albeit ten points behind Villa. Yeah, I can't believe how high they finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were safe by seventeen points. Bloody hell. <laughs> No, it can't be right. It is right. 17 points above relegation. Steve Bruce yeah. is a miracle worker. Um, one manager. I don't know about... Forget this Southgate character. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to say about Newcastle. They just uh, they just look bad for long periods and somehow still stay up. But Joe yeah. Willock? Wow, what a sign in Eton. I mean, he scored more goals in a, a consecutive games than Shearer. That is very impressive indeed. So maybe yeah. maybe they do know what they're doing at Newcastle. I, I should stop picking them for relegation, obviously. Um, <laughs> two, two out of three, not too bad. And uh, yeah. yeah, so Burnley finished 17th. Yeah, the other teams in trouble. Palace were yeah, on my yeah. on my radar as a team that doesn't score goals. It's always and... Palace though, isn't it? I mean, we said last week that they've never finished above 11th and never below 16th. So they're always they're going to go down one year. <laughs> Well, now that Hodgson's gone, and uh, depending on what the deal is with uh, Eze's Achilles, yes. that could be problematic next season. It's still a super old squad they've got there. Um, I think they'll, they'll, 
Hmm, my guess would be that them and Burnley will be the um, Bucky's favourites for relegation out of the non-promoter teams. The Burnley season. fans are very worried when I did the view from about... I mean, they only they bought one player uh, last season for money. That were it. The, the rest of them were free transfers or whatever. So they said like they can't carry on doing that because <laughs> he's caught, caught up with them slightly this season. I suppose in any other season, they'd have been really struggling. But fortunately mm. for them, the three teams who went down were appalling, so... Indeed. Burnley were the other team on my uh, team's in trouble. Um, but I bas- my notes are basically, Burnley, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> There's no way I'm picking them for relegation ever yeah. until they yeah. get relegated. Um, should we move on to surprise teams? I just like, be- want to say I'm, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here by saying a team I had to struggle with West Ham. <laughs> okay, let's let's jump to first manager sack because we, yeah. we can talk about these here. Um, as you may guess, my first manager sacked prediction was David Moyes. Um, that went well. I think you could make a case for him being the manager of the season, to be honest. At this at this stage, they finished six mm. in the end, qualified for the Europa League. Excellent season. Phenomenal season. Two points off the Champions League. They were in with a genuine shout at finishing in the Champions League until a couple of games to go. Um, yeah, 65 points. Amazing effort. The reason I picked them picked Moyes to be first manager sacked their start to the season was brutal. <laughs> they Their yeah. first game was Newcastle, which they lost, which actually shifted the odds even more on this, I think. Mm. Then they had Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, Man City and Liverpool as their next games. And uh, yeah, I, my logic was if they've only got a couple of points from those first seven, they then play Fulham. And if they lose to them, then surely yeah. Moyes is yeah. going to get sacked. But now they as, did as great. As I back to the podcast and you were putting your reasons out, or like, how did this not happen? <laughs> <laughs> We're obviously going to get fired. Like <laughs> they just ended up being really good, didn't they? I think Antonio was yeah. excellent. Um, yeah, did uh, Suchek had a great season in yeah, midfield? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, I guess they're the surprise package of the season. I think they're the big. If, if looking back, they are probably the biggest surprise. Maybe with with us. I mean, I know Liverpool. Yeah, I a... think if you if 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 I had a time machine and I could have gone back and you'd have said what's the biggest surprise, I think yeah, I'd have, I'd have had to go West Ham, possibly Leicester because no one ever expects them to be. I don't think anyone expects them to win a cup and and be involved in the top four until the final day. But yeah, I think West Ham are the biggest surprise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, that was my first manager sacked. I got that very wrong. What was yours? I went Dean Smith just on this Villa hatred sort of thing that I'm going on. I actually said it was the obvious choice. <laughs> so, um, I still think they should move on from him. Yeah, I just thought that obviously they survived last season in really dubious circumstances. At that point, they'd not bought anyone, but they had spent loads of money this, the previous season. And I thought if they start badly, then surely the, the you know they should get rid of him straight away. Well, what was it you said? The you, I think you said this the other week that. Uh, they've only taken like three points more than we have this year or something like that, haven't they? They're... They were two points above us before the Newcastle game. I think they've had a decent end, didn't they? Because they beat Chelsea. And they won they... the last game. Yeah, they won the last two, in fact. They beat Tottenham okay. as well since we spoke. So they, they've actually had a good end. But yeah, before that, they'd only actually got two points more than us. Yeah, uh, this Get... year. Super reliant on Grealish as always. As soon as yeah. he's not in games, Smith hasn't got a clue what to do. So yeah, get, get rid of him and get a real manager, Aston Villa. I don't know why I dislike Dean Smith so much. I, I presume at some point there was there was like an inciting incident to this, like an, an origin story for my I vendetta. I think when but... we drew 3-3 with him, he said they, full, they fully deserved the draw, which were obviously nonsense. I always remember that about him. But... <laughs> right, let's talk surprise teams. I, do you know, I feel quite good about my selections here. 
So this could be surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Who, who, what did you go for? I went Southampton to be surprisingly good. I said that they might Ooh. be pushing for Europe, which sounds ridiculous now because they had a terrible end. But they were top of the league in like October. I think they were in the top four in December. I'm sure they yeah, were. And they, yeah, they just had an appalling end to the season. So, I mean, we we've taken more points than them this year, I think, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that that's. I would, I would, I would give that a pass. That prediction, I think, because. I don't think anybody expected them to be as good as they were in the first half of the season. Yeah. And they were very, very good. And yeah, like you said, yeah, top of the league, weren't they? That was, that was, uh, well, yeah, that must have been like November, wasn't it? They beat us to go top. Right. And there was, I I seem to remember the whole uh, stop the count meme around that time, which obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Southampton actual uh, Twitter account, weren't it? Yeah. Obviously, would have coincided with the uh, US election that year. So I think it that's was a defensible one. December. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Their collapse has uh, has been pretty pretty dramatic. Um, I don't. Uh, I'll just mention Leeds here, but we we mentioned them as uh, uh, the the least surprising surprise team because it feels like every every pundit, everyone was saying they were going to do well. So. Uh, obviously they did, but that was that was a bit of a tapping one. The two that I that my sort of real surprise predictions uh, were Arsenal and Spurs. I thought they were going to have bad seasons, and yeah, I, I feel pretty good about that. I, I know they're kind of the same. They, they've technically gone up a place. I think I mean, they're, no, maybe not actually. Spurs. Where did Arsenal? I think Arsenal uh, finished eighth last season. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, that's right. Cause you, yeah, one place above us. Yeah, so they might have just finished in the same places actually. But um, yeah, I. I liked Arsenal's young players, but I thought they still felt like a mess. They were forecasted to finish fifth, I think, mm. by Sporting Index, and I didn't like that. I actually, I actually did say I can see a season where results drop down to match their sort of average performances, and they finish eighth. I specifically said Arsenal will finish eighth, and uh, that's what they did. So, uh, good, excellent, good congratulations! Yep, Spurs. Uh, I said still very reliant on Kane. Uh, I could see another slump, Mourinho getting sacked, and another yeah. late season rally that gets them to seventh or eighth. And I feel pretty good about that one as well. To be yeah, honest, that's not, seventh. Yeah. It's probably my my better predictions of the season. Really, I've got I've obviously got my uh, finger on the pulse of North London football. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were your surprise picks? No, I, I, when I got Southampton down, I actually didn't mention okay. anything else. Yeah, they only had Southampton as my surprise. Uh, yeah, so no worries. Right, let's I let's move on. To say West Ham, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have your predictions in front of me, so you, I thought you'd be <laughs> taking more liberties here between uh, exactly what you predicted. Um, let's move on to some more United-specific ones, and uh, this is where the train comes off the tracks a little bit, isn't it? Um, which of our signings will have the biggest impact? And uh, yeah, we we haven't signed too many players at this point. Uh, I went with Ampadu. Um, my logic being uh, his flexibility means we'll see quite a lot of him, and he might end up making a place his own at some point. It helps us chase change formations and chase games, as well as being an excellent option in his own right. Still think those things are true, but uh, he didn't have a huge impact. Who? I suppose, actually, the best way to approach this is who actually did have the biggest impact out of our signings? The biggest impact is tough. Obviously, Ramsdale were the best signing, clearly. Um, the biggest impact? Wow. Uh, not easy, is it? That or... is... <laughs> I really don't know, yeah. Um, 
possibly make a case for like oh i don't know i was gonna say oliver burke that just i was thinking that just because he's played more games than i thought i think we any of us thought he would uh, goal got a few assists mm. oh yeah this is bad this isn't it yeah bogle maybe i went bogle think... that was my pick oh was, was it pick. Yeah, so I'll say him. <laughs> oh, I, I think I think that is I think that's the answer, unless I'm missing someone. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, someone that gave us a bit of a spark, and God knows why we didn't play him till December or whenever the hell yeah, it was. Yeah, well, I, I said before I thought he'd come on as a sub and be a bit of a super sub because he was like nothing else that we had at, at that. Well, I still don't really. Someone who's like a bit bit faster, a bit trickier than like Baldock was, obviously. And I thought if we're losing games, he could come on like almost like with this super sub down the right way, and we wouldn't have had to change tactics. Hmm. It didn't work like that. I just didn't play, did I? <laughs> Until like yeah. December, I think his debut was. So, but then I think he he was a big part of his sort of cobbling together some wins around that time, and you know, getting through the FA Cup and scored that equaliser against West Brom, didn't he? And uh, yeah, 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 had some good moments. I, I, I'm trying to think if I'm, I'm being harsh to Ramsdale. I'm not. I think this is this is yeah. Who's going to have a a big impact on our fortunes? It's, yeah, it's clearly hard. Ramsdale were the the best signing, like as the yeah. best. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, yeah, just trying to think if there's any others, but no, I think so. Uh, predict our player of the season winner. Well, we'll we'll not say who we think it is because we'll save that for a future podcast, but uh, we will say who it definitely wasn't, and that was the player that both of us picked, and that was yes. uh, Sander Berg, who yep. started the season really well. I think for... First five, six games, yeah, I think he was our best player, and then he's tailed mm-hmm. off a bit and then got injured, and that were it. See you later. Yeah, do you think it is see you later? I think it will be, yeah. I can't see us keeping hold of him in the championship. So a lot of people say he's not actually proven anything with us, and I do get that argument because, you know, he didn't. Re- he wasn't fantastic at the end of last season. He's not really been, you know, with even the games he played this season, he wasn't stunning. But, you know, he's obviously a talent, isn't he? So, yeah, I'll be. He really seems the most obvious choice. We need to raise money. He seems the obvious go-to guy to sort of to get the money. If you know what I mean? Yeah. No, he definitely is, but I'll be uh, I'll be very disappointed if I don't get to see him uh, play in person yeah. a few more times at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Predict a breakout player, which I defined as a a big improvement, an Ender Stevens style improvement from the yeah. previous season. Needs to be someone who was a United player the season before. Did we both pick the same player? Who did we go with here? I went Sander Berger again because I thought. Oh, okay. He was- Fairly, people weren't convinced by the end of last season with him, and they're not obviously still not convinced. Obviously, didn't play. I thought this. See, I, I actually said on the pod that if we have a good season, Sander Berger will have had a good season. I thought it was that important to us because he were, you know, that I didn't think he'd take the Norwood role actually this early. But I thought if we were going to have a really good season, he'd, he'd be integral to it, and we didn't, and he wasn't. So, yeah, that's. That's probably a better shout than mine, which was uh, McBurney. Who he was my second choice. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, he he, he was impressive. Say again, sorry. He got one. What? He <laughs> <laughs> was he was impressive at the end of last season, but uh, I think his first season had an absolute nightmare this year. Aren't he? He's probably yes. had like what maybe three good games. I don't know if I'm being misremembering because it's it is actually hard to remember a lot of this season. But yeah. He was pretty poor for a lot of the season, and obviously you're throwing the off-field stuff as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. he's out of shocker, uh, to be honest. Injuries and, uh, as well throughout the season, mm-hmm. not just the one he's got now. It's yeah, really, really bad season for him in in terms of form injury, and yeah. we never really got a partnership going. It was just McGoldrick and one other all season, weren't it? 
Pretty much, yeah. We'll uh, we'll examine that in more detail when we do player ratings, I guess. Yeah. Um, Billy Sharp, over or under three and a half league goals? I went under. What did you do? I went over. I'm really gutted here because I think if he hadn't got injured, he'd have played more games at the end, and I think he probably would have got that goal yeah, to make so it four. Got, I so he got three, didn't he? Three. Yeah, he got three. I actually said he'd score four. And I've just got... I don't know. I just feel like... I know we don't create any chances and stuff, but I, I get... Definitely an argument to see we're our second best striker. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I went under uh, and he did get three. So yeah. uh, obviously set the line absolutely spot on for that one, basically, or, yeah. or very close to it anyway. Um, yeah, my, my logic was that he will play less this season. Um, although he, he ended up starting most of the, at the beginning of the season, didn't he? And yeah. then and then dropped out of the team. And then when he got back in, I think, yeah, we sort of realised like, oh, he's better than all our other strikers, which is a problem in itself. But <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Man United away, you would have thought we'd have started with McGoldrick and Sharp up from and win. <laughs> I mean, if you'd asked me that right now, who started up front for us, I would not have remembered Billy Sharp. Like, just in yeah. terms of how illogical that seems. Look, it's 16 games he started. Is it 16 starts? Right, 16, wow. But it's, it just... Let me have a look. Is that no appearances? No, he just, he just says all appearances. 728 minutes he played. Okay, so probably not 16 starts no. then. But, um, I am. I've got it here. Hang on. Just bear with me. If you want to carry on talking, I'll... Uh... Yeah, sure. So the uh, the other over-under that we had, or one of them rather, was clean sheets. Uh, Over-under nine and a half. So will we keep less than 10 or 10 plus? I went over. I was wrong. What about you? Uh, I went uh, under for this one, so I was I actually, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, it was seventeen starts, apparently. Um, it, yeah, it, starts. It, it starts. Sixteen starts. Sorry, yeah. Oh, okay, hmm, that's surprising. Didn't, anyway. didn't know that yeah, I went under for this. I actually, this is where I've come out with my uh, line of uh, I don't think we need to keep as many clean sheets because we'll probably score more goals. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we definitely didn't keep as many clean sheets. We had 13 the previous season and uh, we had five this year, um, which, I mean, that only we only got there because of two of those last three games yeah, yeah, against yeah. Everton and what Burnley. What was the first clean sheet of the season? Uh, it would have been Newcastle, surely. Newcastle, of course, yeah. Wow, that's January. So, yep, because not a, not a nil-nil in sight through the entire season. We don't like we, these draws. We, we really don't. Um, this one was horrendously wrong. Combined yes. league goals by United centre backs. <laughs> I said over or under four and a half, and I like the over. And we, I had... went over. I went over. Did any of our centre backs score a goal this season? As you, the only pointed... one you could possibly say is Keen Bryan against Man United, but he was playing left back that day. Left wing so back, wasn't he? Left wing back. So if you wanted to, so he is a centre half by trade. But he wasn't yeah. playing there, so if you want it, you could have him if you wanted. But Ampadu didn't score a goal, did he? Ampadu didn't score. Basham scored in the cup. I've got yeah. here. O'Connell will definitely score this season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thought... Jackie Wrongfro obviously didn't score. I thought Egan would uh, chip in after his decent goal-scoring return at the end of last season. But yeah, Egan. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I really thought we'd improve this this season, but we um, we got horrendously worse. I think, <laughs> I think we had the 13th highest set pieces last season as well. Like as in, in winning set in the final third, yeah. As in the season that has just finished. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that really surprises me. I, I was going to say 
possibly affecting this is the fact we were not as good at attacking and therefore won less corners and less free kicks. But I'm sure it was 30. I read this stat yesterday. So 13 for 14. Yeah, because I was thinking, oh, yeah, that doesn't reflect well on Norwood. <laughs> yeah, that, that number needs to go up big time next season, otherwise yeah. something's going yeah. wrong. Yeah. Uh, which Sheffield team will finish the season with more points? Mm. I said Sheffield Wednesday. How about I you? Excited. So, yeah, for ah. being cocky. Yes. How many points did Wednesday get? I'm not sure if you noticed, but they actually did end up getting relegated from the. Uh, got relegated. Bear in mind, by the way, this is not as bizarre as it seems because they did have a minus 12 uh, when we did this, uh, the first part, the predictions part. They had a minus 12 um, points deduction. They ended up with 41. Yeah. So it would have been 40, uh, uh, 30, 35 if they hadn't got six points back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would have been right, would have been fifty odd, uh, forty seven. To be fair, but yeah, yeah. So I said uh, I said Wednesday, but I did I did say I don't think they'll go down. Um, I've got written down here. I reckon they get to around fifty points. So that yeah, would have seen finished twenty uh, twentieth. Yes, yeah, it would have done. Yeah, so well, I was in the right ballpark there. And also, if you give them the six points back, they get up to forty seven. That's almost fifty. So. Yeah, okay. I actually said I did tip him to go down. I said I thought they finished third bottom um, because the signings that they made didn't look very good to me on paper. They were Easy Brown and Kajunga, whatever he's called. Um, mm. What was the guy called at the back? Dunkley, he would not played any football. I weren't really impressed with the signings, to be honest. So, yeah, happy I got that one right, but I'm going down at least. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then the last one was uh, VAR and Hawkeye related. Mm. Will we go through anything as bad as we did last season? Um, and I think I was referring there to uh, the no goal at Villa Park, the Lundstrom big toe offside 10 minutes yeah. before we score. I said, dare I say it, it's surely not possible to go through anything as bad as the previous yeah. season. Are you the same? Yeah, I said exactly on the pod. I said exactly the same that it, I, I can't see a way out. We scored a goal that went. <laughs> we actually scored a legitimate goal that wasn't given because someone had not turned some technology on. Can you get worse than that? I'm not sure. And I don't think we did. did no, we? no, no, there were a couple of really bad decisions. Egan against Villa uh, away from home were a really bad one. Um, Trying to Jagielka against Villa. Phillips was Villa, isn't it? Jagielka at home to Villa, <laughs> uh, where he shouldn't have been sent off. That's another one. Yeah, that was weird. The non not getting a penalty uh, when Bogle was assaulted by the um, oh, Fulham yeah. keeper. Uh, that was pretty yeah, bad. Yeah. Uh, David Luiz not getting um, sent off at Arsenal, maybe. But th- I think they're like they're stuff you just see sometimes, don't you? And yeah, it's like, yeah. You yeah. know, it's the sort of like you get talked about a match of the day and then it's gone. You're on with the next week thing. Yeah. The Hawkeye thing will live with me forever. <laughs> you know, that's, that, yeah, that's like changed the footballing that. landscape of the top two divisions, as I'm sure Bournemouth fans are uh, thinking only too keenly this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think we got that right. It was it was not possible to uh, get anything as bad as uh, as Villa. And fortunately, um, that's, that's what happened. I think also just the fact we weren't as good... Um, meant we had less opportunity to have stuff ruled out. But we're never in the area, so... <laughs> yeah. I think I saw today, uh, yesterday, the um, we had the most, uh, like, net positive VAR decisions in the league in terms of goals saved, I think. So, like, goals uh, that the opposition yeah, that had sense. chucked off. Yeah. Um, 
just because we were so bad that the opposition were putting it in the net so often. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. VAR was actually our friend and it could have been much worse this season. Um, yeah. There we go, mate. That's our, those were our predictions. I think we, we hit them all there. Uh, you know. I, no one's think... predicted that. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think the rest of the Premier League, we have quite a good handle on, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, guess yeah, I, I guess it wasn't... In, in the end, you know... You've, you sort of flash back to October or whenever, and it was looking like being the most unpredictable, wildest Premier League season for years. And yeah. then, actually, when all thirty-eight games are played, it's like, oh well, actually, pretty much everything is what we expected. You know, what you got your second season syndrome, and you got two of the three promoted teams going down. Man City are clearly the best team. Yeah. Liverpool have been due a bit of a step back. And yeah, the rest. Of I mean, it's just... I, I, I keep kept forgetting actually because as we were going through the pod, like, we were picking those two teams to go down. And obviously, we, you got Newcastle wrong. I got Villa. I'm thinking, who was the other team who went? Oh, it was Rose, weren't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so we had a good handle on the rest of the league, but we didn't have a good handle on our own team at all. Uh, and no. yeah, if I let you at the beginning of that pod. I, imagine if I had come on and said, <clears throat> "I think we're going to finish bottom. Chris Wilder's going to go. Maybe sack, maybe resign. We're not sure." Um, David McGoldrick's going to get nine goals in this season where we're going to get bottom of the league. You'd be like, what you get off my pod? <laughs> <laughs> get off my land. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Dar- Derby's 11 points record was was in genuine danger of being broken for yeah, quite a long like, period. So this is why I'll, I'll take my hat off to Heckingbottom because I know we'd already beat the the low points record by the time he'd, he'd come in, but he gave us another nine points. I think that's right. He's only nine points, weren't he, got us? I think. Three, three wins, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. So I take my hat off. I might like unzip my coat a little bit. Over <laughs> a season, he gets us pretty much thirty six, thirty five, thirty six points, which is still we'd have still gone down. Yeah, no, no offense, hecky, but um, I don't want <laughs> you to be our next manager. Sorry, no, go, back, go back to under twenty threes and continue the fine work you have been doing at that level, and let's have a. Uh, a better manager. <laughs> well, just, you know, our manager would be good at the moment, though, wouldn't it? Our <laughs> like, manager. Just to know where we're at. So. Yeah. I, I did think when uh, when we had to sort of delay this podcast a little bit that um, maybe there'll be some news, but uh, there is not. And who knows? Maybe there will next week. I, I feel like we're, we're retur- hopefully returning to slightly more regular um, programming over the next few weeks because we've got plenty of post-season stuff yeah. planned. Yeah. Um, although, yet again, I suppose we're going to be accused of only recording a podcast after a win. Um, even though we said we're going to do 400 we... after every win, that's what we're going to do from now on. Like <laughs> every time, like we do, we're going to have one every day. Like, <laughs> when yeah. we lose, we'll just go quiet for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be the way. So next next week, I think we will do player ratings um, yeah. as part of our uh, yeah post mortem of the season. Mm. That's going to be challenging. I'm looking forward to that. Actually, I, I think yeah, it will partly challenging because I'm going to have to refresh my memory on a lot of. Uh, a lot of things from the early part of the yeah, season, certainly. Yeah. Um, but I think we're probably going to be giving some fairly low marks. And I'm, I'm really curious to know who will get a high mark, to be honest, apart from two or three players. It's going to be... Have you still got the Google Docs from last season, by any chance? Yeah, we, we did it last season, didn't we? And I certainly will. That's, you, I don't that's know the, if I want to look at the comparisons. That's the value of Google like, Docs. End of last season, nine. This season, one. Certainly <laughs> <laughs> we're closer to that than nine, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, Great stuff, mate. Well, it's you know the season is uh, is over. It's in the history books, and uh, yeah, as I say, we can start to look ahead to uh, to the future, which is always nice. Um, 
what have you got anything to plug before we finish off? Uh, no, we're still waiting. I'm still waiting for Liam to do this Madeley episode. Um, so get get it together, mate. But now that should be out. <laughs> I reckon this weekend he's uh, he's been busy at work and stuff. Um, and yeah, the view from Burnley, which got the most views of the season, by the way. Most of the people actually looked at the uh, view from Burnley than any other game this season, including Man United away. So cheers for everyone who uh, who read them all this season and, and carried on going because I totally understand those people who just stop reading them. To be honest, because. I didn't want to do them, so why would you want to read them, basically? <laughs> was it like the tens of thousands of international Burnley fans were, were reading the view? I was really it? surprised. Oh, look, I can't remember what the actual numbers were, but it's like it shows you like in a graph, do you know what I mean? It's like, whoa, uh-huh. hang on, what's what's going on here? So, but obviously, I think people just delight at the end of the season. I'll give Roy's view from another go. Why not? <laughs> Everyone's in a good mood. We've just won. Season's ended. <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to mention your playlist because obviously. Oh. Well, I, I do, let me. Let me do, I'll just give you the floor. Just uh, just tell people what this is, so they right. if, uh, if they're not aware. On the S2 format, after every game, I play. I put a, a, a song. Uh, with the view from that sums up either the view from what's being said on the view from, but more normally the match itself. So it's a song that tries to sum up uh, the game that was just being played. Um, have you got them to hand? I haven't. No. So give me a one second, and I'll. Um... So the first song of the season was "Misery" <laughs> by the Beatles, <laughs> which sort of uh, summed up. I'm not going through them all, but um, we soon got onto "Reasons to Be Miserable" Part Ten. Um, I love you, but you're boring. Beautiful South, Um, and then we have that little bit of a a good spell. Um, Obviously, we're in January, uh, and I have stuff like "Are We All Right Again?" or um, uh, "Good (laughs) Times" by She. There weren't many of them. Uh, Or "Don't Mess with Billy" by the Marvelettes. And then that's quickly followed by "New Dawn Fades" by (laughs) by Joy Division. Then it goes to uh, No Surprises by Radiohead, How to Disappear mm. Completely, Embarrassment by Madness, You Have Ruined Christmas by Beck This This is my favourite run, actually. You Have Ruined Christmas this is, followed sorry, by... Sorry, I'm in the wrong order, but this is just before the January. Yeah, You Have Ruined Christmas. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Please F off. Uh, <laughs> I'm Bored by Iggy I'm Pop. I'm Bored by Iggy Pop, yeah. Um, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Atrocity <laughs> Exhibition. So... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's great. There's there's some really good ones. Uh, <laughs> sorry, don't mess with Bill's great. Um, yeah, Bill, yeah, have you, have you yeah. tweeted out the link? Is it a public playlist? You should. It's a public it. playlist. I'll stick it on the uh, comments underneath when you when you post this. Yeah, All right. um, a very depressing playlist. If anyone wants to, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it down. I enjoyed just scrolling through it and uh, pinpointing. Some called, sometimes exactly. it's hard to even imagine a bright side. <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, you've excelled yourself with that one. I think that's, uh, that's really good. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll be a bit more upbeat for next season. Um, so there we go, mate. Roy'sViewFrom dot com for uh, for the hot in demand Burnley view, yeah. and uh, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully with uh, with another episode. But thanks very much for listening, everyone, and thanks very much for your time, mate. Much appreciated. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you very much. That's all for this week, so big thank you to Andrew and a big thank you to Glistening Kicks, who are the sponsor of this podcast and a Sheffield-based business delivering high-end cleaning, restoration and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers 
and trainers. It was very exciting to see them open their first ever shop a few weeks ago as well. Really amazing to see how quickly this business has, uh, has developed and built up. So let me tell you a little bit about Glistening Kicks and what they do. They can remove loose dirt and debris, give deep clean to laces, shoes and midsoles, also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. Plus, if you're looking for a full repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you as well. As well as their new Sheffield store, Glistening kicks off a local collection and return in the city and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair and give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Thank you.